All right, guys, what's going on? It is Monday, June 27th. We're recording a little bit earlier because Josh and I are going on vacation. But for the time being, let's talk soccer. I'm Gary. I'm Josh. Let's get into it. Josh, welcome back. You have been gone for two podcasts. Not only am I happy you're back, but I'm sure that the listeners will be happy to hear somebody else's voice other than mine. Well, I had a very fun uh, time at camp, and I'm really glad to be back, and I'm really excited to get back on with the podcast. Yes, and since you were away at camp, you didn't get to watch a lot. You got to see some of the soccer that's been going on, but there has been a lot of soccer. If you're a football fan, Saturday, Sunday... And today now, I mean, you are in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got some huge matchups. You've got round of 16 action going on um, all three days for the Euros. You had the third place uh, Copa America match going on on Saturday night. And then Sunday night, of course, was the Copa America final um, between Argentina and Chile. And we have a lot to talk about, about that game and all the other stuff. So let's go ahead and get into it. And what we're going to do is sort of follow our usual format. We're going to turn an eye towards the Premier League. And since there's no matches going on right now, it's off season, we're going to go ahead and talk about some transfers. Um, We will talk about transfers that actually are in the works or have been completed, and then some rumors. And found some pretty interesting um, information here on the Sky Sports website, and they go through three teams. They go through um, Liverpool, Man U, and Arsenal transfer rumors, and they sort of put odds on those on these rumors actually becoming reality. So I thought it'd be sort of interesting um, to go ahead and start with that. So let's go with Man U, your favorite team, and I'm going to go through some players and we can kind of talk about the odds and we can make comments as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is obviously Zlatan coming from PSG and going to Man U, and that's all but been announced. Yeah, you it, know? it's true. The the medical has happened. Uh, they've apparently agreed on personal terms. You know, I think they're just kind of ironing out a couple of things here and there. But but that's all done. Another one that's interesting is Paul Pogba coming from Juventus. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams would love to have Pogba. The way that that Sky Sports rated this is um, on a scale of one to five, five being the most likely to happen. So, you know, Zlatan gets a 4.7, so all but a sure thing. A five would be considered a sure thing. Here they're giving Pogba going to Man U a 4.1, so that's pretty strong. Yeah, it is strong, except I couldn't imagine Pogba would want to go to a club that won't have Champions League football next year. Yeah, unless, you know, but Man U's one of those sort of magical teams that, you know, um, I would think that someday you want to tell your grandchildren maybe you played for Man U. So maybe he goes, he's young, maybe he goes a year without um, without European football and um, or Champions League football at least and just waits a year and then comes on and plays an extra, I don't that know. That could happen. Um, and I also have another reason. Hmm. There's also a lot of teams that also want him like Real Madrid. Like Barcelona. It'll be a bidding war for sure. Him, so. Well, even better for him then, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get in for PSG. Um, or sorry, for Juventus. I mean, what, you know, that transfer fee is just going to go higher and higher, and his mm-hmm. personal fee is going to go higher and higher. Yeah, I also heard Pogba, uh, for the transfer rumors with Man U, that they're going to pay supposedly $197 million Man. for him. Man, I wish that was me. <laughs> um, all right, next up is Mkhitaryan. Going from Borussia Dortmund to Man U, and that is a 3.9 out of 5. So, you know, um, maybe there's some truth to that. Um, next one down, James Rodriguez going from Real Madrid to Man U. You know, we were watching James during Copa America. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, he's, um, okay. he's okay. You know, he had this great World Cup a couple years ago, and then he became, you know, the hottest player on the planet for a little while. Um, he's a good-looking guy. He had a great tournament. Um, he's someone that is likable. I think he's very marketable. Um, but then, you know, he didn't have the greatest year for Real Madrid. Maybe he was in the wrong system. Maybe he'd do better in a system like a Man U or another Premier League team. But um, 
you know, I don't know that I would be going out of my way to acquire him. Yeah, I mean, the only way I think this could happen is if this something has to do with De Gea going over and maybe that happening with mm. a trade deal. Right. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Because, I mean, last year Manchester United were going for Sergio Ramos yep. and them getting De Gea. Um, yeah. Real. But then the mysterious yeah. fax machine yeah. gate happened. Yeah, so that's how I think this could happen. And this is why I like having you back here. One, because I missed you. Two, because you have insight and intellect that I don't have. I'm just sort of the driver, but you're the one telling me where to go on this this road trip we call Let's Talk Soccer. So, yeah, and I know about ten times more. Than you me. definitely know ten times more than I do. All right, we'll do one more here. Um, and this is... Julian Draxler coming over from Wolfsburg. Um, Draxler had an amazing game for Germany yesterday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, you know, but is that a player that would make sense? I mean, in the Man U scheme, I couldn't really, um, I couldn't really see him wearing a Man U kit. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be like James, where he had a great tournament mm-hmm. and then sort of fades away. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he would be a great signing, just like any other great. But, I mean, he's an important piece of the Wolfsburg squad, yes? Yeah, he is. Uh, that's another reason why they might not want to sell him. Or if they're going to sell him, they're going to sell him for a lot. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. All right, let's move clubs. Let's move over to Liverpool. Again, on a five-point scale, five being the most likely to happen. Um, and this one sounds like it. it is pretty much locked in, is Sadio Mane coming from Southampton. And going to Liverpool. I believe that that deal has been announced. Yeah, pretty much. He'd already taken the medical for Liverpool. Yeah. So it's pretty much all guaranteed that he'll go over there. All right. So we won't spend a whole lot of time on that one. No. Here's another one. Another PSG player. Seems like to be quite a few few on the list here. We've got Lucas Mora coming over. I could see this happening because Lucas Mora has been replaced in the PSG team by Di Maria. Um, I mean, PSG, they are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And have lots of money. But is France really the place you want to be? Like, you have no competition. Right. You're the biggest clubs. So right. I yeah. wouldn't want to be at PSG, really. You know, it's great for the money. Um, I'm sure they live a good life over there, being the most popular team in the country. Um, but, yeah, at some point, if you're a competitor, you want to compete. Yes, you, know? you do. You want to, you want to take your skills somewhere where, um, where day in and day out, you're going to be able to play against the best in the world instead of just going out and it being a given that you're going to win the league title every year. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on then. Uh, Mario Goetze coming from Bayern Munich and going to Liverpool. I could actually definitely see this happening. Goetze hasn't been getting the playing time he, I think, deserves at yes. Bayern Munich. He doesn't get played. He doesn't seem to enjoy his time there. Like, whenever I watch Bayern Munich play, yeah. I... Never see Goetze playing. I agree. So I, I could see this happening. You know, it's interesting. I heard um, an interview on the radio where a couple of the, the hosts talking, actually. And they were talking about Goetze and how even on the German national team, he doesn't seem to be loving it. He had the winning goal in the World Cup back in 2014. Um, but he's not, you know, a critical piece mm-hmm. of that machine. And it sounds like the same is true at Bayern Munich. So, you know, maybe he does. He's still young. Um, you know, maybe he he makes a move, and certainly yeah. Liverpool could use a player like him. I think he's also quite underrated. I mean, even, like, not just his teammates at Bayern Munich, I don't think, like, rate him very high on the list. Yeah. But even in FIFA, for example, back in FIFA 15, he got an upgrade in the middle of the uh, year, and yeah. then he got downgraded. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like anyone really thinks he's that top quality. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, there's a lot of players on this list, but we'll just hit on one more. Gonzalo Higuain, who missed a critically important goal mm-hmm. last night for Argentina in the Copa America final. Um, he's rated as a 1.2, so it sounds like maybe more of a wish than a reality here. I mean, that would be great if he could get Higuain over, but I couldn't really see it happening. Yeah. I mean, after the phenomenal season he had last season with Napoli. I think there could be a bigger club he could go to. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool's not not a bad place to go. You know, a lot of it, I think, has to do with the manager, too. I mean, he's quite an amazing manager um, in Klopp, so maybe. But um, I think they would – Liverpool would be luckier to have them 
than he would be to go there necessarily. And that's not a slam on Liverpool, but I think that um, that Iguain, because of the year, the past couple of years actually that he's had for Napoli, I think could really have his choice mm-hmm. of clubs. You know, if he wants to go to a club that's really going to compete, I could see him going more to an Arsenal yes. than a Liverpool. Mm-hmm. All right, and speaking of Arsenal, we'll go ahead and move on to this third of three clubs that we're talking about on this sort of fantasy wish list rating um, scale of transfers. And um, the first one here is Romelu Lukaku. Now, he's had a pretty good tournament so far for Belgium mm-hmm. um, in the Euros, and we know what he can do in the Premier League. So he's sort of a proven entity there. Um, do you see maybe Arsenal making a move for him? Possibly. I mean,. They need a striker, definitely, because, I mean, last season, they failed to score goals, I'll tell you that, yeah. and Lukaku had a, an on-and-off season last year, mm-hmm. and I think if Lukaku had some good talent around him, like he does on the Belgian <clears throat> national team, yeah. I think he could perform, perform a lot better. Yeah, I think, you know, that's one thing that, that Arsenal's missing is just that that striker that's just, you know, you can rely on to sort of average a goal a game or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, or close to maybe a little bit less than a goal a game. Um, they have Aubameyang on this list. And, you know, I think, again, until, you know, the the deal is signed and done and dusted with City, I guess there's always a chance someone could change their minds. But this mm-hmm. seems like more of a, um, wish. a wish than, you know, than anything else. So we won't spend a whole lot of time on that. Yeah. Um, on this list, Ngolo Conte from Leicester City. So, also, I think um, over the weekend it was announced that um, that Jamie Vardy has um, signed a four-year extension with Leicester City. Everyone thought that he was going to go to Arsenal. So, you know, maybe this is a way for Arsenal to make a dent somewhat in Leicester City. And if they can't have Vardy, they're going to go after Conte. Yeah. I mean... Conte is a very important piece, once again, in the uh, Leicester team. So I think it would come at quite a big cost if they want to get him. Yeah, I would think so as well. Um, because it looks like Leicester's doing a pretty good job of locking in sort of the uh, the main component of their championship-winning squad. So yeah. that's that's actually pretty cool to see that, that a small, you know, quote-unquote small-time club like them is able to that has the loyalty in the players because that loyalty doesn't seem to exist anymore. You know, it's yeah. such a rare thing. And, and all of these players want to come back. I think that says a lot about the club. I think it says a lot about the supporters, um, how much they love these players and the players can feel that love and they love them back. And I think it says a lot about the coach and the character of the players, the fact that they want to stay together and they want to do this. I think that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, and something to take note of for sure. All right, let's go ahead then. And those are sort of our, you know, transfer rumors and, and some of the other ones that actually have been taken care of. The only other one that we need to talk about is that um, that Danny Alves has signed a deal to transfer from Barcelona to Juventus. So looks like one of the key players from Barca's defense is going to move over uh, to Italy. Yeah, I mean, Alves had a phenomenal season. He uh, was a very big part in that defense. And the, on- the only positive coming out of it is that at least Barcelona still have, like, an amazing defense already. That yeah. even with a loss to one of their best defenders, it still won't hurt them too much. Yeah, and I'm sure that they've either got someone, you know, in the La Masia, you know, um, machine ready to go to take his spot or they'll just go out and buy someone. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to cry too hard for Barcelona. I think they'll, they'll be all right without yeah, Danny Alves. All right, let's go ahead then and talk about the Euros and what a crazy weekend it was there. Saturday, if you had to sum it up in sort of, you know, a sentence or two was all about extra time mm-hmm. and penalty kicks, you know, uh, scoreless games or tied games that went long Mm-hmm. Um, and then Saturday was about, I won't call it blowouts, but I'll say convincing wins by teams, uh, that should have, that are finally starting to find their form, I think. Yes. And today, um, 
and we'll talk about that too, especially we're sort of watching the England-Iceland game as we're recording this this podcast. Um, sort of a day of, I guess you would maybe say, upsets or potential upsets. Yes. So I think that's a pretty good summary. I will pat myself on the back for that. All right, let's go ahead then and talk. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about Saturday. The first result that we have is Switzerland and Poland. An amazing game. Um, it came to a 1-1 draw at the end of regular time. Remain that way at the end of extra time and goes to penalty kicks. Um, Shakiri, I believe in the 82nd minute, has an amazing sort of, you know, halfway between a scissor kick and a bicycle kick just blast into the lower corner behind him to not the game up at one all. Um, otherwise... Poland moves through. So um, just an amazing performance. Shakiri, I think, is an amazing player. He is one of those Lavetti or Aguero-type players that just is always working, always running, always hustling, smaller than most of the players out there. But, man, he just he, – he is just fired up yeah. all the time. Very um, hard worker. Yep. So Poland advances, and they win 5-4 on penalties. So a hard-fought game. Could have gone either way. Um Breaking news right now, Iceland defeats England 2-1 to move on to the semifinals. The England team is devastated. They don't know what's going on right now. Like I said, today, Monday, is a day of upsets. If you're an England fan, we want to hear from you on all of our social media, and we'll list all that out at the end of the podcast. Um, if you're an Iceland fan, we want to hear from you too. Congratulations to Iceland and commiserations to England. Wow, what an amazing game. You know, Iceland has that Leicester City sort of feel. This little team that was on nobody's radar screen until it almost became too late. Mm-hmm. And now now they're on everybody's radar screen because they're going into the semifinals of the Euro. That is amazing. And they will be playing France in the next round. Amazing, amazing. They have nothing to lose. Just like today, they have nothing to lose. Nobody expected them to go this far. Just making it into the tournament was an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, now they're playing in the semifinals. If they win that game somehow, they're playing in the finals of the Euros. That is absolutely incredible. All right, so let's go back to Saturday. So we talked about Switzerland and Poland. Poland move on. The Swiss go home. Um, Wales, Northern Ireland. Wales win... One nil, so they barely squeak by. Yeah, that's another team, Wales. I mean, they've had a pretty killer tournament so far. Um, quite lucky that they were able to go through. It was off an own goal. Yes, it was. Um, Bale got what you would consider to be the assist. It was he who had the last touch for Wales. Yeah. Um, on their ball, and it was sort of knocked in by one of the Northern Ireland players. Unfortunate. Nothing that defender could have done. Yeah. He did the right thing. It was just. A very unfortunate bounce. Yeah, because so, if he let it go past him, there was another person right there just to tap it in. So yep. he couldn't do anything. Another extra time match that goes uh, Croatia-Portugal. And Portugal squeak by um, with a Charisma goal in the 117th minute of extra time. So they go through 1-0. Another hard-fought game that really could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we should have seen more about of Portugal, seeing that they're one of the better teams in the tournament right now. Yeah. I think they probably should have won a bit more than one now. Yeah, I think they're still trying to find their form. I mean, other than Ronaldo, who finally found his form um, two matches ago, um, you know, yeah, they've got a – they can't afford to keep doing this. Yeah. You know, just squeaking by. That, that time has come and gone for them. Yeah. <clears throat> I also think they need to – Find their main man, Ronaldo. I think he got, like, less than 50 touches the whole match or something like that. Yeah, and, and there was another match like that, too. I think they either drew or lost, you know, earlier in the, the mm-hmm. group stage. And, yes, I mean, how can he not be your target man? I mean, you've got to get the ball to him. Yeah, if you don't, then you're, <clears throat> you have no one else to use. No, that should be the plan. All right, moving to Sunday. France play Ireland. Um, interesting lineup. From France, and I know that throughout this entire tournament, they've been sort of struggling. Maybe that's too strong of a word. Um, they've been trying to figure out what the right formation is and what who the right starting eleven are. 
So they went to a 4-3-3 formation on Sunday. And I think the biggest um, decision that they had to make was which of my midfielders, who am I going to play and who am I going to sit? I mean, they are blessed with some of the best midfielders in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got Pogba, Conte, Matuidi. Everybody. Everybody. Um, So they ended up starting all of them. Um, which I thought was a pretty good way to do it. So they went from a you know four four two to a four three three. They had both um, Griezmann and Giroud um, mm-hmm. in as well. So what they did worked. It wasn't the best game from them, but it was enough to get them by. Um, this game does not go to extra time, and France advance two to one. And I think France is is really starting to find their form, um, and they can be a scary team. If they want to be. Yeah. Because right. we know when France play at their best, they're a killer. Yeah. And we should say that Griezmann had both goals mm-hmm. for France. He has just had an incredible 2015 slash 2016, both for club and country. Um, Griezmann, both of his goals were amazing. The The second goal was a beautiful flick um, by Giroud's head behind him that put it right at... Um, Griezmann's foot, and Griezmann knocked it in with a left foot Mm -hmm. um, to get that second goal, um, and that would actually be the winning goal for France. Germany plays Slovakia, and Germany dominate. They win 3-0. No surprise. No surprise. And this is another team that can get scary. Julian Draxler, without a doubt, my man of the match. Um, He might have, in fact, been the official man of the match, but he had an assist and a goal. He was everywhere. He was creating all kinds of chances and just... You know, getting past the Slovakia defense, beating people with pace, beating them with skill, and he just, he he looks like he's having a heck of a tournament, for sure. He definitely is. Yep. All right, next up, Belgium defeat Hungary 4-0. So here we're starting to get into some of the, the more decisive matches. Belgium, I think, is starting to find, or at least on Sunday, they found their form. Mm-hmm. That's another team blessed with all kinds of talent. Um, if they get on a hot streak... They're going to be scary, and they could they could win this tournament. They could definitely win it. All right, and then moving to today, first match of the day, Italy and Spain, and Italy beat the current uh, title holders two 0 Yeah, I mean, they were just dominating. It didn't they it didn't seem like Spain was able to get any great chances off. They couldn't find the rhythm. And, and Italy's one of those teams where, you know, the Chiellini, who is sort of, I would say, their spiritual leader, mm-hmm. you know, when he gets fired up, the team gets fired up, he scores the first goal for them, and the rest of the team follows, and they just play excited and start to believe they can win. And when they get on a streak like that, they're hard to beat. And Spain just never, never found their rhythm. And I would say that this is probably an upset. I would sure that most people would have predicted Spain to win this. Yeah, because Spain, they always seem to do great in the Euros. I mean, yep. they've won the last two. Yep. I think we should expect more than yep. a round of 16. Well, we're going to have a new winner this year for sure. And then the last game, the one that we were just talking about, the game from this afternoon on Monday, was Iceland defeats England 2-1. Iceland begins... Or sorry, England begins with a penalty kick that Rooney converts, and they go up one nil. And you think, okay, maybe England's going to sort of continue their momentum, and just this is going to snowball. And then just minutes later, Iceland knocks one in to knot it up, and then I think all of the air in England's balloon just was let out, and they were just deflated, and. Um, and that was it. You could tell their shoulder slumped. I just I don't know what it is with this England team if they because they have a ton of talent. They have a lot of they have a great mix of veterans and younger players. There's no reason why they should have performances like this. And it's nothing against Iceland at all, but I'm just talking about the tournament, you know, in whole. England was just they just never looked convincing to me. They they are one of those roller coaster types of clubs that either they can get really hot for short bursts, but then if something happens, you know, they just start to tank and just start to go down quickly. Yeah. They had a phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal, qualifying round. And then they just fall apart. And that's typical England. No offense to England. No offense to England. All right. So um, let's go ahead then and take a look 
at the quarterfinals. And I think originally, I apologize, I think I said that Iceland were going on to the semifinals, and I meant the quarterfinals, so my apologies. But let's go ahead and take a look at the matchups um, for the quarterfinals and the Euros. So on Thursday, we have Poland and Portugal playing. Let's go ahead, too, and let's do our predictions while we're going through these. What do you think? I think Portugal will once again squeak by with a 1-0 victory. Okay. I'll say Portugal 2-1. I think Lewandowski's, you know, he's due for something, so I think mm -hmm. he's going to knock one in. Mm -hmm. On Friday, we have Wales and Belgium. I think Belgium's going to win 3-1 over Wales. Yeah, I think they're going to win kind of big, too. Um, I'll agree with 3-1. Saturday, Germany-Italy. This is a big matchup. I think Germany's going to win 2-1. I think they're also going to score very late. I do, too. I agree with that. 2-1, um, maybe 3-2. It's going to be a one-goal match. And, yes, but the, the winning goal is going to come late. I totally agree with that. And then the last one is on Sunday, and that's France with, now we know, Iceland. I don't see how France will lose this. They better not. Yeah, if they don't, they're going to be hated for life. Yeah. And, I mean, we might not know. I mean... Iceland could once again pull out one of these miracle victories, but I do think France will win 3-0. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be 3-1, but I think it's going to be 1-1 for a long time, at least going into halftime. Um, I think Iceland's going to start to believe, and then France is going to get a lucky goal, and that's going to just... Let France or let Iceland down a little bit, and then France is going to get a late, doesn't really matter type of goal. Mm -hmm. All right, but that'll be that'll be interesting. I mean, the, all the pressure in the world is on France. This is if you're Iceland, this is the matchup you want. Yeah, you're the underdog. You're playing against what a lot of people would consider to now definitely be the tournament favorites now that Spain's out. Um, but that team, France, is playing at home, and there is a lot of pressure on them from themselves, from their federation, and from their fans to win this tournament. So they, I think, are going to be very tense and anxious, and I think Iceland goes in loose, and who knows what will happen. Yeah, who knows? I think it'll be fun. But if you're a soccer fan, you've got quite a few days. I like that they space them out, you know, a day at a time, so you sort of get your soccer fix um, for several days in a row there. All right, let's switch tournaments, and we're going to go to Copa America. Um, Saturday, USA play Colombia for the third place match. Um, USA, by making it to the semifinals, matched their best ever finish in Copa America. Um, we might not even have qualified for the tournament had we not been the host. Who knows? Um, I love, I love the U.S. men's national team. I'm an American. Um, I love this team. I hope one day to see my son, Josh play for that team, but um, they are so spotty. And I just don't know which team is going to show up. One day they play great, the next match um, they just fall flat. And I was very unimpressed with their strategy coming into the semifinal game, or the, sorry, the third place game against Colombia. To me, the game plan seemed to be Bobby Woods the target man, just knock it long and hope that he gets it. That's all I saw was long balls coming out of the back of the field, deep in our own territory, kicking it long and hoping that Bobby Wood could either run it down or win it in the air and turn and convert. Yeah, I honestly thought it was terrible. I remember one time where they passed it back to Jeff Cameron, and then Jeff Cameron just kicks it long and it goes straight to the Colombian goalkeeper. Yeah. Straight to the Colombian goalkeeper. You know, I will say that I think um, Tim Howard started in goal over Brad Guzan. And I don't know if this was um, because Howard earned it and Guzan sort of lost it in the game previously um, when they lost to Argentina big, or if this was just a consolation sort of thing to Howard. And Klinsman really didn't think that we were going to win this anyway. But either way, Howard, I thought, played a good game. In fact, he might be the only player that I think played a great game yeah. um, for the U.S. I wasn't impressed with Bobby Wood. He got frustrated easily. Um, Dempsey 
didn't really seem to do a whole lot. And I know that he's close to breaking Landon Donovan's record for most goals scored for the U.S. But I don't know that we we have ever – we've had some really good goalkeepers over the years. I don't know that we've ever had a real striker, you know. Yeah. not saying we need Messi or Ronaldo out there or even a Wayne Rooney. Um, but we don't – we have in the U.S. – we were talking about this with your coach today – you know, the U.S. has a lot of great athletes, um, both in the country, you know, in general, but also on this on this U.S. men's soccer team. But at some point, the athleticism doesn't win you matches against mm-hmm. well-skilled, um, talented teams. And this is where we need to find the best players who are both great athletes, but also great footballers. Yes. And I don't know that we have that yet. Um, and I, I don't know what it's going to take to get there, but this sort of American, um, you know, sensibility of we'll just, you know, in, in uh, NFL terms, we'll just throw the Hail Mary pass and hope someone catches it. That's what they were doing with Bobby Wood. Exactly. We're just going to kick the Hail Mary kick and hope that he can do something with it downfield. And it didn't work out. We lose 1-0 to Columbia. It was very, very disappointing yeah. for the U.S. And... I mean, they just look bad. Same yeah. with the Argentina match. Yeah. Yeah, we finished on two disappointing matches. Yeah, we just you know. looked bad. We could have finished strong and I think could have had a great feeling about U.S. soccer and where it's heading. And I, I don't know that, that I do. Um, they are so spotty with how they play and when they decide to perform and how they perform that you just you never know mm-hmm. what kind of team you're going to get. Yeah. And that's not very much fun as a fan. Yeah, All right. definitely not. Okay, then let's talk about the final. Argentina and Chile. Really weird match. Um, to begin with, um, the ref. You know, he was dishing out yellow cards like he was getting, you know, 100 bucks every time he showed one. Um, he kicks off a couple players. Yes. One for two yellow cards, and Marcus Rojo gets a, uh, a straight red. I don't think Marcos Rojo deserved it. He did not deserve it. Especially, you know, I know that it's one thing to see it in slow motion um, versus sort of this at, you know, at match speed. But that was definitely not worth it. It's the ref, to some degree, um, was a factor in this match. And they a ref should never be a factor in the match. No, he should just be there to say when there's a foul yeah. or if there's... Anything that's clearly not legal, he calls that. Right. But he should not be, as you said, a factor in the match and decide how everything works. Yeah. And um, and so the match goes on. It's a physical match. There's a lot of sort of arguments and pushing and shoving and fights between the two teams. Neither team seems to be playing particularly well. No. Wasn't really impressed with either. A lot of dispossession, a lot of bad passes and intercepted passes and stuff. So it goes to extra time. It's 0-0 at the end of regular time. Goes 0-0 at the end of extra time, so we go to penalty kicks. Um, Argentina's worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. For any team, you, you don't want to go, especially if you're sort of the favorite. You don't want to go... Um, to a situation where there's penalty kicks because anything can happen. And anything did happen here. Argentina ends up losing horribly in penalty kicks 4-2 to Chile. It was terrible when Argentina, when this happened to Argentina. Messi missed a penalty. Messi missed a penalty. And, you know, most of the talk coming into this match and even during the match was about, you know, um, Argentina has not won a major tournament in 23 years, Messi has never won a major tournament with his national team. And um, he sure didn't last night either. No, definitely didn't. It didn't happen. And so, you know, it was so disturbing, in fact, for Messi that at the end of the match, he announces his retirement from the Argentine national team, as well did a bunch of other players. And this decimates their squad. You know, Di Maria, Aguero, Mascherano, Iguain. I mean, you know, you look at their lineup before the match starts, even their bench, and you're like, wow, that is one of the best, you know, on paper, one of the best squads in the world. And all of a sudden, you know, just 
the heart and soul of that team just get ripped out. So um, with Messi, I don't know. I think maybe he was just so disappointed. I think he's going to. Um, I think he's going to reconsider and change his mind because that means. Okay, if he really truly holds true to that, he will not be playing in 2018 in the World Cup for Argentina, which means he never has the chance to become the best player of all time, if that's important to him. He might be the best club player of all time, but to be the best player ever, you have to win a World Cup. They came close in 2014, um, but... If he's not doing it anymore, he takes himself out of that discussion forever. And players like Maradona and Pele can rest easy because they don't have anyone else to worry about. Maybe Ronaldo, though. If somehow a miracle thing happens with Portugal and they. Maybe. Maybe if they even just do well in the tournament and maybe to like the semifinals. But my prediction is that that Messi will reconsider. Um, I think that. There's a lot of bad blood between him and the Argentina um, Football Association, yeah. and I think that will change because without him there, what what team do they have? Especially losing all of those other players. Yeah, definitely. I just don't know that that they have anybody else there to lead them. They have no one. No. All right. So, sort of. Um, actually. Before we talk about the FIFA Team of the Week, let's talk for a minute about um, you You were at camp for a couple of weeks. You came back and you trained with one of your coaches today, some individual one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done a lot of training prior to um, tryouts with him, and it was a lot of sort of um, tactical training, skill stuff. Um, you know, just a lot of footwork, just sort of basic foundational stuff. Now you're starting to get into more position specific work. Um, you're a striker. And so you were working on things like, um, handling crosses Mm -hmm. and long balls played to you, trapping them, possessing them, and then doing something with them. You were working on some skill moves as far as shooting goes, like a fake shot and then ripping a shot after get your, get your marker to jump. Give yourself a little space and a little time and fire a shot. What do you feel about it? How did you feel that the day went? Where do you see this going? Um, well, for the uh, when it came to the shooting drill, for example, um, at, at this uh, age level, the fake shot is a very effective move. Mm-hmm. It's very effective, and you can easily make um, players jump at this level if you can if you can uh, do the uh, move correctly. Yeah, you just have to be convincing. Yeah. You don't even have to be all that convincing, just enough to make them think you're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing my coach said was when you're doing the fake shot, it's um, when improving and knowing when to do it, it's really just about the situation. Uh-huh. Like, for example, if you're in the box, that's the best time to do it. Right. Because it, it's more convincing that you'll actually shoot. Right. Because if you're outside of the box... And, I mean, you're already winning, for example. They're probably not going to think you shoot unless you right. really, yeah. really um, have a really well, uh, a well-timed and perfect, uh, just perfect timed and everything moves. Yeah. And, you know, I think that um, also sort of to the point I was making earlier, all that shot is intended to do is create a little bit of space and a little extra time for you to get the shot off that you really do want to take. Mm-hmm. Get your guy to jump. You either go around him, or you just push the ball out a little further, and you just rip a shot. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, I thought I think that's good. I think it's you know you certainly from a technical standpoint, you're really really high. Now it's about more situational types of things. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in those situations. I remember back when I used to play baseball, you know, you the coach would go through situations like, okay, there's a runner on first and third, there's one out, um, if the ball's played to you, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing here. Uh, you know, you've got the ball in the box, what are you going to do here? You've got a long ball, a cross coming in or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, how are you going to play that? Yeah. So, you know, I think that'll be a good thing to continue for you to do. So I guess sort of the message here to youth soccer players is, um, you know, build that, that technical foundation. Um, but especially if you start to get a little older and you really start to, um, 
focus in on a particular position, you know, also do some positional specific work mm -hmm. and make yourself a better player that way too. Yes. You know, if you're a defender, you need to work on tackles and, and interceptions and things like that. You yeah. Know? Because if you're a defender, it wouldn't be the most smart to have a whole session on shooting. Right. Because you're not going to be doing that as yeah. much. Yeah. You need to know your role and you need, need to know how to, you know, if everybody plays their part well, then you have a good team. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you want to like set up sessions with either a coach or a, or even like your father. Yeah. Um, really, if you're at the correct age, focus on like the position that either you think you're the best at or you play and focus on things that will help you improve uh, things specifically for that position. That's a great, that's great. And you know what Josh and I will do too, and he does this on his own as well, is, um, you know, if you're watching a match on TV or if you go to a match and you're there live, watch, watch the player that plays your position. What is he doing? Where is he running? Even when the ball's not, not, you know, on his feet, um, is he making runs? Is he going into space? If one of the players on his team moves over, um, to another area, does he go in and fill that space? How is he moving? Just all of those things. You can really learn a lot doing that. Yes. And of course, what we'll continue to do, and we haven't done it in a little while because Josh has been gone, is we'll start to film his training videos again and put those on our YouTube channel and Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook and all that good sort of stuff. Okay. So we talked about Copa America a minute ago. And as we sort of move into our digital soccer segment, we have a new Futhead team of the tournament. So it's not team of the week, but it's team of the tournament for Copa America. So Josh, if you want to take it from here, you can. Okay. So the two strikers are Dempsey and Messi. Uh, two quite different strikers, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. One being best of his time and the other one being uh, one of the, on one of the best for the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the five midfielders are Alexis Sanchez, who had an amazing tournament. Yeah, he did. He was dominant. Other than last night, he did. Yeah. Uh, Vargas, who played amazing against Mexico and had a mm -hmm. decent tournament. James uh, Rodriguez, who I'm actually quite surprised made it in. He's a uh, an on and off player. He killed us in the U for us in the against the U.S. Mm -hmm. Typical. Yeah. And then Naboa, who I've never heard of, and uh, plays for Ecuador. Yeah, plays for Ecuador and uh, some team in the Russian league. Uh, FC Rostov. Yep. And Aturo Vidal, who is a great player. He is a great player. Uh, very, very physical. Yeah. I will say that. And ironically, his physical stats, actually his best card, uh, his best stat on his card. Yep. The three defenders are Altamendi, who uh, he had an okay tournament, mm -hmm. especially in the last game. He was very average. Yep. Uh, Gary Medell, who is uh, a Chilean player. Definitely also, a leader on the pitch for them. Yes. Even though he's one of the smallest, he's also one of the biggest leaders. Yes. And then uh, Brooks of the United States. He was one of the better defenders for the U.S., I would say. Yeah, I think he had a pretty decent tournament. Mm -hmm. And in between the sticks is Ospina. Oh, and here's more breaking news. Roy Hodgson will not return as the England head coach, and I think that was that's no surprise. Everybody yeah, no was surprise. talking about if that they lost, he would be gone. So um, if anybody's interested and has their resume ready, send it to um, the English FA and see if maybe they'll, they'll take you on as, yeah. as coach. Wouldn't it be cool to see, like, a Bob Bradley mm -hmm. end up over there? I don't think that, that, that the FA would ever happen. do it, but, um, you know, I think Bob deserves a chance somewhere in the spotlight. He's yeah. a heck of a coach. All right, who do we have here on the bench for this team of the tournament that strikes your So, fancy? I would first say Enner Valencia mm -hmm. of West Ham and Ecuador. Yep. He had a decent tournament. Yep. Iguain, uh He had some, some yeah. great goals. Great goals, except the last yep. game. Yep. And then uh, Jones of the United States. Uh -huh. Kind of surprised to see him in there. Yeah. Uh, Romero of Manchester United. He was the... Uh, He's one of the oldest uh, keepers in the game, mm -hmm. and is still going very strong. Yeah, he's it's a good player. very nice to see him in there. Yeah, yeah, and goalkeepers have a little bit longer life than um, field players do, mm -hmm. for sure. Because they're not doing as much running. Yes, and I know that you have um, 
been watching some videos and investigating um, FIFA 17, which I don't think comes out until September, but Mm -hmm. I think there was a new feature that you want to talk about, too. So, the new feature is called FIFA My Story. If anyone's played NBA 2K16, they'll know what it is, but basically... Um, you, it's like a player career mode, except there's a lot of cutscenes where you make the decisions of what you say, and that'll affect your career on, and mm-hmm. you also see a lot of, um, different cuts of clips, like, you, maybe you in an airplane, maybe you in a, a, you in a home, we've seen this in the trailer, and it's an interesting, uh, it's a very interesting feature that EA adding into their game. So, like a slice of life sort yeah. of thing. Sort of the off the pitch or in the training room mm-hmm. sort of thing where maybe you've got, um, you know, scouts recruiting mm-hmm. you and you make decisions, like you said, or you decide to sign this contract over that one, mm-hmm. things like that. Or um, maybe um, sponsorship deals with a clothing company, mm-hmm. things like that. It's a very in-depth version of player career mode. So that's cool. It's very... Um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sort of in depth, you really get to sort of, um, it's very, um, tactile. You sort of touch and feel Mm -hmm. and get to enjoy, um, you know, this video game a little bit more. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. And I think it'll be a very cool feature and I'm very excited to, uh, Try it out when FIFA 17 comes out. So that's something really where you start, you can start as a very young academy player Mm -hmm. potentially and just sort of work your way up Mm -hmm. to like an under 21 team, make the first team, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, right? Move leagues, all that. So I think that'll be cool. Definitely will take um, some time investment Mm -hmm. to do that because you want to set it all up. And then of course, you know, it'll play out over weeks or months. So, Mm -hmm. um, Maybe we'll go ahead and do that when it comes out, and we will um, let people follow along mm-hmm. with us, and we'll do updates along the way. Yeah. And when FIFA 17 does come out, or even before it does, and there's more news and stuff released, Josh is a great source on that, so we'll definitely let him break it down um, as much as he can. All right, I think that's going to do it for – actually, no, it's not. We have some questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, these are all – from a fellow named Joe Sapone, and we're going to go ahead, and we have four questions from him, and we're going to read these off. Okay, first up, who is your favorite player at the Euros? Josh, I'll let you uh, My favorite player at the Euros is Dimitri Payet. I think, yeah. I love how, first of all, how hard he works. I love how he always scores great goals, and he always just seems to be there at the right time and the right place, and just always seems to provide and provide and provide for his team. You know, um, I would have to agree with that, and you know, so so that I'm not copying you because I would definitely agree with that. I'm gonna say just based on what I saw yesterday, Julian Draxler. Mm-hmm. He was a workhorse yesterday. He took Germany, put him on his back, and just carried them mm-hmm. um, on to the next stage. So, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely just in an effort to have someone other than the person you named. I'll say Draxler. Mm-hmm. All right. Then Joe asked for the second question. What is your favorite pair of boots? My favorite are the CR7s. I would also agree with that. My favorite are the CR7s. Yeah, the Mercurials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love those boots. They're yeah. really well designed. And I, I also don't think they're too over the top with coloring. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's rainbow Magistas. And yeah. I don't really love that. Yeah. I, I sort of just like... Quite calm boots and not too over the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I like boots can sort of make a bit of a statement, but they don't need to be obnoxious. The thing that that I don't understand and I wish they would bring back is that at the beginning when the when the Nike boots with sort of the sock, the integrated sock first came out, there were quite a few different options for youth footballers to choose from. And now it seems like there's one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there's more. Maybe a new release is coming out um, for the new season, and there'll be more. But I hope, you know, for yeah. your sake and your teammates' sake, that there's more of those. But I would agree on the Mercurial CR7s. Yeah. And I actually have an idea for uh, boots with sock. I think they should uh, specifically sell the sock, and you could put it on the boots. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, swap them out. Yeah. It would. It's a great idea. It would, I think, yep. add a lot of more money. 
It would get a lot of attention. That's a really and cool idea. And it would idea. be a, a very uh, cheap option yeah. to get cheap sock instead of having to pay for a whole boot. It's sort of that model where, you know, if you are um, Gillette and you make razor blades and handles, you buy the handle, but the money is really made with the blades. It's that mm -hmm. repeat purchase. Same sort of thing here. You buy the boots, but you make incremental money off of um, sort of switching out the socks. I think mm -hmm. that's a brilliant idea. Nike, if you're listening, you can take that one if you want. All right. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Third question. What is your opinion on the U.S. national team? I think we spent a lot of time yeah, talking about that. Yeah. Um, love them. Passionate about them. My favorite team in the world. But they drive me crazy sometimes. Yes, they do. I just wish they would somehow get it together. And I know that's a lot easier said than done. But mm -hmm. I wish nothing but the best for them. Yes. And Joe Sapone's last question. Who is the most overrated and most underrated player in the world? Wow. Well, I think I'm going to start with the most underrated. Okay. I think the most underrated player in the world right now is uh, Shakiri. Yeah. I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I also don't think he gets the also the credit that he deserves when how much he works for his team yeah. and how much he does for Switzerland. Okay. I'll take overrated. Um, and then we talked about him a little bit earlier, and I'll say Hamas. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much now, but certainly once upon a time, he, you know, if you take the hype and the attention that he got, say, a year and a half ago mm -hmm. um, versus sort of where he's at professionally now, you know, those are sort of night and day. Not yeah. that not that he's, his career's over or anything, but, you know, there were a lot of expectations placed on him, and I'm not quite mm -hmm. sure that he lived up to those. No. All right, Joe, thank you for your questions. Everyone else, if you have questions or comments or suggestions or anything, please let us know. You can reach us in the following ways. You can email us at Let's Talk Soccer 2. That's the number two. Let's Talk Soccer 2 at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can find us at Let's Talk Soccer 2. On Facebook, just search for Let's Talk Soccer 2. On YouTube, you can just search for Let's Talk Soccer. And on Instagram, just search for Let's Talk Soccer. You can find us in all those ways. What we will do is we will post pictures um, of things that we find interesting or matches that are coming up. We'll pose questions. We'll want to get people talking. Um, we're not a breaking news source by any means. But at times we will post some breaking news, but not in an effort to be the source for breaking news, just mm -hmm. because it's interesting and relevant. Um, we will post videos, especially training videos, skill videos, things that relate to youth soccer, or just things that we find interesting or entertaining. So please interact with us. We love to hear from you. And since we're recording this early because we're going to be going on our own little vacation for a little while, a little family vacation, which we're looking forward to. So we wanted to make sure we get our podcast for this week out to you. So you will not hear from us again until after the 4th of July, but we want to say to everyone in the United States and everyone from the United States, happy 4th of July. Please celebrate with people you love. Be safe, though. And just have an amazing 4th of July. Happy and safe. Yes. Have a very happy 4th of July. And, of course, until next time, we say peace. peace. Wow. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.